And here we are, the Brett and Drew Bad Podcast, episode number three, Saturday, September 30th. It is 2 o'clock p.m. I'm Drew. And I'm Brett, and I have no voice. <laughs> we have two very special guests with us today. Please introduce yourselves, boys. My name's Andrew Marquisio. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> Vincent Banco. Do you want to be called Banco. Vincent? It's just easier to say. Like, mm. I feel like when it comes to Vincent, it's I introduce myself as Vincent, and then you can, like, earn Vinny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, personal thing. Yeah. Earn Vinny. No, because I've always just known you as Vinny. And, I mean, like, when I, I always hear you introduce yourself, you're like, Vincent. And I'm like, does he want to be called Vincent? And I just, like... It's usually easier to say, and people know what you know what you said the first time. I say true. Vinny could have been Benny, the whole group of names, and then you got to say it three times, and by then it's just like, well, where do we go from here? <laughs> Did you introduce yourself at parties? It was like, uh, oh, Eddie Adams. Eddie, Eddie Adams. You <laughs> would just tell random people like Eddie Adams. Yeah, somebody come in and be like, I'd hear, where's Eddie? And I'd be looking around, Freddie too. It's fucking me, <laughs> right here. Do you ever realize how close your name sounds to Vincent Van Gogh? Uh, mm. I think Vincent Bangle. Yeah. <laughs> I chose him as like an art project, like in sixth grade. I was like, why not? Yeah, why not? Hi, him. I'm Vincent Banco, and I'm doing a project on Vincent Bango. <laughs> Vincent Bango. Yeah, I had never even thought of that. And then you said that, and I was like, wow, I've known the kid for like never put that over together. a decade, and I've never, never even thought about that. <laughs> Damn. Well, we had a, a great night last night at Barrett's. Last night was interesting. Dude, you think this voice is bad? You should have heard last night. I did. It was bad. I actually was like, only air was coming out. Yeah, you'll be there by the end <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> uh, what, what happened last night? Um, initially, Chris got kicked out first. Then Someone Bobby. always gets kicked out. Yeah, I witnessed Guaranteed. that. That was like three minutes in, I... We're in a circle, and I look over, and Chris is throwing something away, and like obviously these three guys in black shirts are saying like, "Hey, like, what did you just throw away?" I'm like, "Is he not allowed to use that trash can?" And then the guy pulled out the nip, and he's like, "You're out of here." And Chris put down his drink, and they escorted him out, and I was like, "Oh shit, dude, we should have been there, be like trash picker." Trash I was about picker. to say, what's worse that Chris brought the nip, or that that guy picked through the trash to find it? <laughs> he has a low key an excuse to search through the trash. <laughs> I just love swishing around. I just walk up to the bouncer. I'm like, sir, you're going to have to leave. I just saw you pick through the trash. (laughs) Sir, are you going to wash your hands? (laughs) This is a food establishment. Dude, last night was was weird, though. Like, we got a whole, like, there was just so much happened. Like, starting it off with the podcast was nice. Because, like, that energy just, like, traveled. Mm. Like, right when we had done shots during the podcast, episode two. And then... We just shut the mics off, and, and everybody was everybody's already here. Yeah, and I was already kind of drunk. Yeah, I was too. Two shots of vodka, and I'm like, I'm good. And we yeah. had a beer. Yeah, and then fucked the, up. Fucked up at the bar. Three double seven sevens. Ooh. Good. <laughs> good. I, I only bought beer. I've never really bought a beer before last night at a bar. Yeah, I usually don't either. It's not really. It's not like worth it. It's like four dollars, no, opposed no. to like a six dollar like mixy. Yeah, and you got to talk to people like really close up, and you got to like burp like beer, <laughs> <laughs> smell like beer. It's like the last thing you want when someone's like up and close and personal. So it was different though, because like I was already drunk, so like I just wanted something to like hold and sip on, opposed to like actively wanting to get drunker there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Last night was interesting. Hmm. I, I had a lot of fun. 
Barrett's is usually very hit or miss. Yeah, last night was a yeah, hit. <laughs> Bullseye. Yeah. It's always for us. For us. Yeah. yeah. And Bobby got lost. <laughs> oh, Bobby got lost on the way home. He he thought that he he thought that someone else got kicked out, so he just left. And then like so, so it's a straight shot from Barrett to this house. And like <laughs> he literally somehow found found like found a way to get lost. In a town he's been living in for Four, Four years. years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah. disassociation from alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, alcohol will do that to you. He's just recharging, returning to home base. <laughs> it's like <laughs> lost connection. Like, <laughs> like error, error, error. Like <laughs> yeah, the coordinates got switched up. <laughs> yeah. Like multiple times when we would be doing our usual, usual debauchery when you guys lived at Wagan, and Bobby would be like straggling the back like, guys, like it, it's going home time. Like, where are we going? <laughs> it's like, going. Dude, you want to talk about cops? Oh. Let's talk about our old pal Gundy. Officer <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gunderway. Oh Shout my out. God. So we were smoking pot in Holbrook. And we're doing it in an apartment complex. Shout out to Holbrook. Shout out Holbrook. Shout out Canterbury <laughs> yes. Crossing. Shout out 02343 till I yes. die. I fucking die. Represent. Holbrook represents. But we were just smoking, and we had smoked in this place for so long. Like, that was ours. Dude, we'd sit there for hours and just absolutely sesh. We have fans out, out there. Yeah, <laughs> the, someone's trying to get in. We're live. <laughs> no, but there's one time. We would sit there for literally hours. Like, have, like, bongs in the front, like... Just, like, giggling. We were, yeah, we would set up, like... But this one time, we were just sitting there. We had just come out of Andrew's pool. And I just looked to my right, and I just saw a cop driving down. And I go, oh, my God, cops. And then I was like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And I just turned around, and the cruiser was parked directly behind the car. So we couldn't go anywhere. And then next thing I know, the back door opens. And Vinny just gets grabbed and just thrown out onto the grass. Meanwhile, I'm, like, sweating on the driver's side. Just, like, don't fucking move. Just waiting for him to come up to me. Dude, he came up with his, like, hand on the gun. Yeah, he you thought mean, we had, like, drugs, like, heroin, like. But, I mean, dude, we're just a bunch of white, hit, white like, goofs. Exactly. Like, we could <laughs> not like, be more innocent. <laughs> we just look like idiots just giggling like, in a car. Heroin? <laughs> yeah, we're like. What? Yeah, he was like, tell me. He's like, you know someone who deals heroin? I was like, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. So he right. threw Vinny on the car. I'm sweating profusely. Then he comes up to me. He's like, where's your like, license and registration? Well, wait. Wasn't he like, he came up with the hand and the gun, and he's like, you see this thing? Yeah, like, that was a little bit. In the park, you didn't have to give him your, your license or anything. Yeah, well, like, I guess not. Because uh -huh. he technically didn't even pull us over. Like He was like, he just we got were a parked call. in a parking spot, and this is the rear of the car. He was parked here, had no lights on, so like clearly he left us the up. The, you no, know, I couldn't. He, well, back like, out. like, no, you could have if you wanted. Nobody's behind you. I thought he like no, had he, me dude, a he, was, he was literally right behind the car. Because remember, after he finished, he didn't move. Yeah, we could have moved. But either way, so I give him my license of registration. He looks at the thing. My my registration expired like a week. Before, like, who the fuck checks their registration, like, right. expiration date? But, of course, it's expired a week ago. And then, uh, uh, what happened? Oh, he took my registration, goes back, looks at it, and he throws it back at my face. Like, I'm being completely compliant. And he's just rude and just yanks it in my face. I'm like, wow. And then he, like, writes a solid ticket. He's like, I'm going to 
fucking tow this car. Yeah, no, he said, call your dad or I'm going to fucking tow this car. And it called him and he didn't pick up. And he's like, he's like, well, looks like uh, I'm going to have to take you guys to the station and uh, take your car. And I was like, okay, and I'll try it one more time. And then I picked up and, like, called my dad. And he's just, like, yelling at my dad, telling me, telling my dad that I was really rude and just, like, being, like, absolute, like, a dickhead for no reason. And then my dad's freaking out because, obviously, a cop's on the phone with him. And it's just, like, a whole mess. Dude. I never forget. He was like, yeah, I caught your kids here doing drugs. Like, just, like, framing it and as, like, hard as you can. But meanwhile, we're, like, sitting there, like, probably talking about God or something. <laughs> talking about religion. But, Thank and, God. And it was just, like, what happened? At, oh, first, he goes, he's a detective. Not an officer. He's a detective. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> so he told us that. We were, like, okay. And then as he's leaving, Brett says, have a nice day, officer. And he turns around, whips his head back into the window, and he's like, what did I fucking tell you? I'm a fucking detective. We're like, <laughs> meanwhile, all in silent. Like, meanwhile, I had two bombs directly beneath my feet that I was hiding. And I'm like, nice detective work. Yeah, right. <laughs> nice Officer. detective work often. <laughs> it was bad. But dude, that Andy. was like, that was my first real cop experience. No, actually, I don't know if I got arrested here before or after that. When was that? How long ago? Mm, I don't know. I don't think, I believe when that happened, you were a commuter. That, oh, was, that was almost five years ago. Yeah. Wow. And it's still legendary. <laughs> but, we, but we always put Gundy on like a pedestal, like as a joke now. Yeah. Gundy. His name's Gunderway. Yeah. But we just call him Gundy. Gunderwear. Well, you wear your Gundies? Gundies. <laughs> what a perfect cop name. Detective. Detective, <laughs> you would not be satisfied with See, what you just said. Yeah, I was I like, feel like if I were there, and I was like, um, so your officer, detective, <laughs> officer, detective, nice. I was like, I think officer is kind of like an umbrella term. Mm. He was like, it's detective to you. <laughs> like, whoa. I was like, have a good day. And then he just sat. He just got back in his car, and he he honestly sat there for over ten minutes, just on his phone. It's like, oh, detective, am I detecting some insecurities? <laughs> am I detecting a complex? <laughs> but the funny thing is after, like, the whole thing, we wanted to just smoke and go get pizza. <laughs> and then we go to get pizza, and who do we fucking see? <laughs> oh, the co- one of the cops. The cop there. was right with Gundy. Yeah. He's I just, just, like, smiling like, at us. Like, I was just, like, standing right next to him, and I just, like, looked at him, and he was just, like, eyes ahead, like, wide-eyed, like... This kid's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> oh, I love that. Dude, it's such a big to do. Like, dude, they caught four kids smoking pot. Like, you don't need three cop cars. Like, they called, like, the, the chief of police down and shit. Well, I think when there's more, like, when the cops, like, when they have something like that, they don't want to be outnumbered too much just in case, like, we did have weapons. So, like, if there's two people in a car or three, they usually always call back up the cops alone just in case we decide, you know. Go take them down. Yeah. <laughs> With our bongs. <laughs> Smash. Oh, he took your grinder too. Except it he, was took, on, yeah, he took my grinder I too. Tried, the main reason he ripped me out was because I tried opening up your hatch to the trunk. And I was just going to hurl everything in and be like, we're just chilling, man. Because I had just bought that brand new space case, $70. Yeah, and, he, and that's when he ripped me out of the car. And he said, like, 
when a cop pulls you over, don't you be moving around because for all I know, you're getting guns. And it's like, well, your lights weren't on and we were already parked. And, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what you want, but. Dude, you know, you know he was calm. Yeah, Because like sure. some old lady was just looking out the window like these. Smoke coming out of a car, yeah. red light. Right? I mean, we were there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to switch your spots around. Dude, we used to have a running joke. Like, I used to have a like a jank ass F-250. Hoopty. And like, yeah, hoopty, dude. Yeah. And like, it had a belt problem, so it would screech so loud. So like, when we'd be driving in, we'd be like, where are he? Just screeching <laughs> all the way down and then just smoke weed and screech all the way out. Like, see you later. We used to park next to some guys like really nice, like probably like early 70s oh. Camaro. I remember that. Wasn't it orange? It was orange. I was there. We saw a coyote once there. Remember that? Mm. When you had the truck on the bench seat, he yeah. came out, kind of looked at us, and we were like, we ain't alone out here. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. It's a fucking jungle out, out here. here. Dude, I feel like history is not going to look back very fondly on cops, like, berating just, like, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids for smoking weed. Like, there's going to be some movies coming out in the future where they look back at the prohibition era of weed and just the, the harsh scrutiny that, that was dealt to pretty much average people, essentially law-abiding citizens that just want to smoke a little reefer. Like, if he just rolled up and he was like, guys, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, we would have been out and we would have never came back. I mean, we haven't gone back anyways. We should we should go back. Should, yeah. Gundy, if you want to bop us again, buddy, we'll be there <laughs> October Come 5th. get us. <laughs> we know, do you know his first name? Eric. Eric. Eric Gunderway. Shout out to Eric. Shout out yeah, Eric. Shout out Eric Gunderway. <laughs> Let's link him in. Let's find his email through the BSU. <laughs> well, I mean, I uh, say, like, PD. you can probably find him. I'm curious if that incident, because it was a civil offense, like a speeding ticket, I wonder if that's on our record. Dude, we got popped mm, right at the, like... The cusp. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, a couple years, but still, like... I mean, but we also got lucky where if we were, like, four years younger, I mean, four years older, that would have been a criminal offense and, like, a big-time deal. Like, if that happened, like, a couple hundred miles north of New Hampshire, like, we could still be in jail. Yeah, for, like, I mean, how he was mentioning it's going to be looked back at, like, how the way they tried to come control booze, it's going to be looked at as, like, mind control because that's what it is they don't want you to open your minds so they you know keep control of the masses mm. like how they said uh the i was reading something i don't know if it's true that the uh, romans would use like the Colosseum and those type of big games to keep the public like entertained while they you know shafted them up the ass have you ever heard that quote it's like give them their bread and their beer and they'll never revolt never revolt because like if you just keep the people fat and happy then like it's like dude americans are soft now like we're never gonna take to the streets and like, no, we're like fucking soft. forsake our warm showers and like our fucking phones. Comfy bed, comfy beds with the sheets, like the, all the softener and it just people rather so just sit on their phones and scroll through Instagram endlessly. Mm. Dude, did you ever look up Gunderway? <clears throat> I just found an article. The mother of the 23-year-old man gunned down Tuesday night witnessed the fatal shooting from a window. Family members said Wednesday. The victim, James Hillard, was found shot in the driveway of their Grove Street home Tuesday night. He was the cousin of City Police Chief Detective Eric Hilliard and also a relative of Holbrook Police Officer Eric Gunderway. It says police officer here. It doesn't say detective. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Get city's destroyed. eighth murder this year. 
Wow. That happened. For a second, I thought that it was like like Gundy so like gun gunned someone down. That's, that's why. I that's why I thought you were getting. I was gonna be like, I was gonna be like, dude, Gundy gunned some. Gundy killed a man. But dude, I actually feel bad. It's like a family member got killed. Yeah, that sucks. That's got to be hard. Like to just have someone just like, I feel like that's even worse than someone dying to a disease, yeah. where it's like there was no even like foresight. Like all of a sudden, like your life, the person was just unfairly taken. It happened in 2010, so that might have really changed up who he was as a person after that. Wow. Yeah, he's like, my cousin just got killed out here. Mm. I mean, that was probably about two years before this ordeal happened yeah. with us. Yikes. What year was that? Was that 13 or 12? It's, it's one of the two. I don't know. Mm. No, no it must have been 13 because I graduated high school in 13. Well, so it, was, it we must have been the summer it. of that. Yeah, true. We did all. You're like I graduated <laughs> 2013. I, I don't know when you did. <laughs> me, Drew. What year did you graduate? High school. Yeah, 2014. See, so Drew's the same age as us, but he missed the or no, he made the cutoff. I made the cutoff, but when's your birthday? Was August 21st. Which is odd because Brian's is like what the 21st, 22nd, and he mm. made it into our grade. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is so weird. Yeah, I think it's like that late August, early September yeah. is the cutoff to where your parents can go either see. way. With it. I believe what happened was I originally lived in Taunton and I went to Taunton kindergarten for I think almost a full year but we moved to Freetown before the the year was complete so I had the option to either move move on and like cut the losses for kindergarten and just go to first grade in Freetown or I could do kindergarten again in Freetown so my parents were just like hey like give him another year to play oh that's cool yeah do, do you feel it gave you an advantage in school at all no, I probably not. <laughs> mm. I'm still an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Once an idiot, always an idiot. Exactly. What's that quote? It's like you can cure. What? Is, ah, I, I totally lost it. It's like I think it's something like you can cure dumb, but you can't cure stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we should make a book of quotes that are just stupid. Don't make any sense. We should, make, yeah, like like those things that moms will buy at like a little like antique shop those like wooden signs that have like stupid sayings on them like, like live oh, laugh where love the heart is like live, you just like laugh, we should make love. our own stupid ones <laughs> dude Malali lives for those signs i know like little knickknacks is what your mom loves dude, my mom loves it too they love just like bebopping around christmas tree shop like oh i love this, this. is cute <laughs> it's cute you're just like sure i don't know Let me decorate <laughs> your house my mom will always ask me to like look up paint colors for walls i'm like I don't know, man. Like, just paint it. Like, she's like talking like one shade off, like of like three different colors. I'm like, this just went off. Oh, uh, do a quick run around. Is this a break where I could? Yes, yeah, so you can go ahead. Use the uh, the low, low T or high T. The real question answered soon. <laughs> Find out after like, the break. Yeah, like Find. All right. Speaking of gun, <clears throat> I actually was still scrolling the internet. I just found something pretty wild. So this article is titled, Mother of Brockton Man Accused of Brutal Beating Says Victim, quote, Deserved It. So I'll give you, like, the quick run-through. Uh, Kent Johnson, 44, Brockton, um, arrested for brutally, not arrested, uh, being held on $750,000 cash bail after prosecutors said he brutally beat a Brockton man in a parking lot. Um, let's see. So his mother, quote, said... The man deserved it, even though she apparently did not know who he was. Now, Johnson uh, turned himself in to the police station 
with his his brother walked him in there to turn himself in. His brother Eric Gunderway. <laughs> so Gundy's brother brutally beat some dude, and it says here that when he hit the ground, they started curb stomping his head. Was Gundy there? I don't think he was there, but is this what led to um? Dude, Gundy's got like a crazy family history. Yeah. He's on the right side of it. Is that camera really getting me from like here down, or is that you? No, that one's mine. You're over there. Yeah, dude. Sunday afternoon, Johnson went to the Brockton police station with his brother, Holbert police officer, Eric Gunderway, police officer, to turn himself in after learning that Bishop's condition was serious. Wow. Dude, but I, I do respect that. He's like, he's like, fuck this. Like, he's like, I'm getting out of this shit. I'm doing it right. I mean, like, obviously it's very gray, but like, at yeah. least he was like, kind of pulled himself up by his bootstraps. So what happened to his brother? His brother got in a fight with some dude in a parking lot, and he like he like knocked the dude to the ground and then curb stomped him. And the dude was in like critical condition in the hospital. And when they found out, like he fled the scene, and then they found out afterwards that the dude was in serious condition. Um, he went to the police station with with Gundy and turned himself in. Wow. So what are the, <laughs> what are the charges? Let's Does see. it say when and when what when did this happen? Two thousand twelve. Dude, you go like intent to murder. Dude, Gundy went through some shit right when he seen us. It was like the day before. <laughs> yeah, he must have been on edge because those those two cops who were like, there was like the young white cop and the older white cop with the mustache, and they were just they talking. Were scared. About, they were talking about like how the Red Sox did the night before the pennant race. Yeah, they're like, they're they're like, like, about it. Gundy, they like let Gundy take care yeah, of it. And when he signed my things, I think that happened August fourth. The guy was like, oh, huh, happy birthday, kid. Like, like he, he legit did not care about this situation at all. And rightfully so. Like, <laughs> literally, it's a non-issue. I mean, as far as, it'd be funny if they were on their way to Holbrook House, too. And oh. the dude's just like, Gundy, wrap this thing up. Man. We just have lunch with them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you guys got me real scared. Like, <laughs> you got me good. Like, that's some good acting, man. He's like, you want your weed back, dude? Here you, here you go. <laughs> Like just did it for the cameras. Dude, that'd be great if like one day at a bar we just see Gundy. Oh, that would be. I would not want to drink with him. I just don't get how it's his brother, but his name's Gunderway and the dude's name is Johnson. Different fathers, brother. Yeah, is Gundy black? <laughs> he is. Yeah, and his brother is. I think this guy. Is there a picture of him? Yeah. That doesn't look much like actually. <laughs> That's a Gundy if I ever saw one. Dude, <laughs> pop that puppy into the camera. <laughs> oh, calling you out. Does he have tattoos on I'm his face? I'm just reading the news. No. Tattoos like Gucci Man, dude. <laughs> little ice cream. Dude, that's, a, that's serious badassness. Mm. Dude, or said stupidity. the guy that got the shit kicked out of him, they, the surgeons had to drill a hole into his head to relieve the pressure of his brain swelling. Oh, oh my God, dude. That's some like. That's like like e- ancient Egypt type remedy. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a headache. They're like, we got you, man. Just a fucking stick and Honestly, a stone. It's just pressure in there, dude. Yeah, you see yep. some dude getting like a drill ready, like fucking drill bit, like a Dewalt. Like, I was just like, oh fuck, this battery's low. Whatever. You have a new drill bit? I only got a wood drill bit. It'll work. Like a dull spoon. He's like, where does it hurt? He's like, right here. <laughs> mm. Let me just push this eye to the side, get in behind there. It's like, I feel a lot better, thank you. Like, I can't see anymore, but <laughs> that's good. Thanks. Dude, do you ever hear about that guy who like was hammering the railroad ties? And 
there was like TNT in it. He didn't know. And when he hammered the railroad tie, it like went right up through his brain. And like he completely lived. But I guess it like it hurt it. I think I don't know what it was, but it was like it stopped him from being able to like feel other people's pain or something like that. So they said he was like a total asshole after it. Like he was like the nicest guy. And all of a sudden he just became this like egocentric asshole. But like they studied him for a long time. Why was there TNT on the railroad? I don't know, dude. Was it like old TNT? I don't know. Just enough to like that when he hit it, it just fired it back up into his head. He's like, what's this red giant sticking <laughs> dynamite here? I'll just fucking hit it. Oh, like it's odd that some people can get hit in the head and then they come out of it knowing like another language. Different things. The history of like shuffling. Yeah, like, doesn't make any sense, dude. Is that how Christianity started? Some guys just like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they just conked <laughs> Jesus on the head. Got him. <laughs> I've been working on the railroad. Boom. <laughs> Bang. Wow, that's wild. Can you imagine getting brutally injured like that at your work? Can you imagine, like, you're like, I don't even know how that would feel coming out of it. You're like, oh, my God, there's something through my head right now. You're like, ah. Dude, think about, like, Steve Irwin. Like, he oh, got the oh. thing in the heart. Of I guess all the animals he's dealt with, like alligators, venomous snakes, stingray got him. Dude, I guess he like swam to the surface and the thing was in his heart. And when he got in the boat, he pulled it out. And was that the wrong There's move? a video That's of why it he died. Because he, he bled? Yeah, he bled out. They said yeah. if he left it in, he would have lived. Wow. I saw that video. Yeah. Is it is stingray things barbed? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. So it makes sense then. Does more damage in the way out. Like the heart just comes out on. <laughs> oh on the, shit! On the, he's like, "Fuck!" Just uh. <laughs> pop me back in there. <laughs> this uh, one time when I went to because uh, I've never seen a stingray in the well until this point, but we went to uh, Florida to visit my uh, my father's parents, and we were told that we were going to go to this friend's house, like of theirs, and we we're going to go on a pontoon boat out in the Gulf of Mexico. Be beautiful. Be great. We get there. This is like 2003, 2004. So mind you, no GPS, no cell phones, no nothing. It's crazy we have to bring that up when you tell a story now because people are so embedded in the technology. Mm. We forget that there was a time where if you needed help, you were you were screwed. So we, we, go, we go to this lady's house. And it's like a typical, you know, Florida is known for just like, like Florida. You know what I mean? And everyone, <laughs> everyone in there is just an, an idiot usually. So Can't explain <laughs> Florida. Florida is just like, like Florida. As you said, it's barely a state. But uh, we get there. You can see, you know, one of those houses where you open the door and all of a sudden it just stops and you're like, hmm, you look look around and there's just stacks of newspapers from like <laughs> Vietnam till now. And uh, we, we, she brings us out to the pontoon boat and I was like, huh, there's, there's no seats. Like, this is odd. And we're walking up to the pontoon boat and it's like a kind of like a typical trailer trash neighborhood. And she stops, she goes, that's right. She points over to the stack of like dirty white lawn chairs that you stack and she's like, everybody grab a seat. This lady's like maybe like 89. She might have served in World War II. And we go out to the Gulf of Mexico, like real deep. But on the way out to the Gulf to go deep, we, we were like almost hitting rocks. She drives across this pier where people are fishing and stuff. And we're driving like right over their lines <laughs> in a no-wake zone. And she's like, look, they're all waving to us. And they're like flipping us off, throwing cans at us. It was like Whoa. mayhem. My sister was covering up her face so ashamed. I th- I was like nine. I didn't know what was really going on. But eventually, we're like miles and miles out. Can't see ocean. You can, All you see is ocean for every direction. And she crashes into a reef. And we look out, and we're like in like two inches of water. Oh my God. She says, everyone get out and swim. There are stingrays as far as you, like everywhere, like flooding around the boat. 
So my dad and my uncle pushed the boat for like hours. We had no water, no food. We were baking in the sun. Like it was my grandparents who also served in World War II. To them, this was funny. They were dying laughing, wiping tears out of their eyes. It was the, To them, this was classic. And yeah. My dad and my uncle were like blowing F-bombs at them, swearing. They're still laughing. And eventually we see like a boat like way out in the direction. I remember we're all waving to the boat like, hey, hey. And someone's like, he's coming closer. But he was really going in the other direction. <laughs> but after hours and hours of like pushing the boat, we eventually made our way back. But just seeing stingrays for like flooding around the boat was scary, especially was, considering your dad's just walking in there. Yeah, my mother's yelling like, get back in the boat. And he's like, we got to keep pushing. He's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, stingrays are just like underwater birds. They really are. It's like fish look up and it's just like. Birds. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's a good day. It's an eagle, bro. <laughs> Dude, I feel like anytime Vinny tells a story about his family, it's like something wild. Like, like the uh, thing in Texas. Oh, like, I was just going to bring that out. What, on the highway? Yeah. Dude, that was insane. Tell we, that. Have you we, ever heard that? No, I've never we, heard the story. Just, we met my dad's family for the first time. His The family that adopted him. My mother found them on the internet. And after, in the airport... We, you know, meet my aunt and everything, and we're on the way back. And down south, the highways aren't like here. They, they get like six, sometimes seven lanes, and everyone's just driving as fast as you want because it's Texas, you know, America. So we're in the fast lane, and all of a sudden, I hear my aunt. She's like, and nobody's buckled because we get in the car, and we're like, where are the seatbelts? And she's like, nah, they're under the seat. Like, fuck them. <laughs> Tucked away. <laughs> Tucked away for safety. So all, so all of a sudden, she, you know, says, oh, fuck. We're like, what? And you see these cars just, like, crash up ahead. And cars just start crashing and spinning. <laughs> Dust is kicking up. And she pulls off into the fast lane, like, drifting in the dirt, going sideways. And I remember looking over in slow-mo, seeing all these cars just, like, <laughs> making eye contact with the dude as he's just sitting there like a deer <laughs> accepting his death. His car is just spinning like crazy. Motionless. Like, and then like, well, this is it. Gripping, <laughs> gripping the wheel like, no. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> so after all that, she just pulls back on the highway and we all look back and just see like a giant cloud of dust of mayhem. And she just kept driving and she was like in shock. And then, She's like, and then we Whoa, just that was crazy. went along with our day like it never even happened. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, dude. That's wild. I remember one time uh, when I was younger, my family was on our way to Horseneck Beach, and we just saw this car like go off the road and flip over into the, into the side, and we're towing a trailer to get to the beach. And my dad would like his cop instinct just like like pulls the car off the side of the road and like slams it in a park and jumps out and just starts like running towards this wreck. And like him, all of a sudden, like a bunch of people start running over there, and they just pull this old dude out of the car. It was crazy, dude. Wow, <clears throat> dude. One time, I was driving with my dad in the highway. I was really young. I must have been like six, seven. And all of a sudden, like, like my dad drives relatively fast. He always has, like, not like super fast, mm. but he drives fast. And all of a sudden, this like black SUV, tinted windows, blacked out like rims, just whipped to the right of us, and was literally like. I've never seen, I've truly never seen someone drive like this before. Like just weaving, weaving. And my dad's like, dude, they're going to crash. And like they got not five cars in front of us. And all of a sudden you just saw the thing just lose control. And he just like goes off into like this big median. And he just like hits the, uh, the guardrail. And the car just starts spinning. And like all of a sudden like one of the windows broke. And like someone fell out of it, dude. And like Jeez. it was just rolling. 
And because you just saw people just getting flung around like inside of it. Ragdolls. Yeah, and dad, my dad like pulled over as well. Like, but eventually he's just like, I can't help him. But dude, from that point on, I was like, it's so easy to wear your seatbelt. Like, why don't I just, yeah. from that, dude, from that day on, I, that's the just first thing I do. Like, Ooh. I saw them just like get tossed out of the car and like they were half out of the car when it rolled over. I don't know Ooh. what happened, dude. You didn't see any, when you guys went over, you didn't see any. I stayed in the car. He just like went over and he's he just like, I can't help. So he may have seen somebody with like an arm missing. Like, like brains coming out of their head. You don't know. Damn. To be able to see that. And just that was get, a formative moment. I was like, like you're like, like, well, time to wear the seatbelt yep. forever. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I saw a car crash happen like right in front of me in Randolph Center where this guy was on like a moped and it's like. We were coming as, from the movies, dude. Yeah, you were there? I, I oh, was yeah, in the car behind the you, dude. But me and Josh were there. Josh didn't see it. But like I saw it happen. Like this moped came in and then like this SUV just took a left and cut him off. And his moped just smashed into pieces. Like there was nothing left <laughs> of his moped. And he like got up. My dad just threw it in park. And like I called 911. And then like he just went over. He's like, you all right? He's like, yeah, but there's nothing left of my moped. Like he just walked home. There was <laughs> nothing left. It was just bits and pieces. He's like. Yeah, I remember I like, like, dude, that was back in the days when we used to have to have our parents drive us. Yeah. I think my mom was like, we were in the car with my mom, and I just remember driving up, and there was just shit everywhere, and like, tons of cop cars. We were like, what happened? Yeah. Dude, that's the thing with you driving motorcycles. Died. Like, I would love to have a motorcycle. I And I Fucking trust myself to stay yourself. vigilant, but I don't trust anybody else. Like, no. people like that, it's, it's not, you could do everything right, and someone could just completely... Just yeah. kill you. You could be sitting at a red light, and a car just can plow through you. Dude, my grandpa right said he was sitting at a red light, and the dude like took a took the came around the corner on the total wrong side of the road, and he was like, "Holy shit!" And it like broadsided him, and he just lift his leg. He lifted his leg up, and the car just smashed the side of his bike, and like went on the other leg, and he like had to lift it up. He says, "If I didn't lift my leg, it would have been gone." Wow, oh my God, right? Yeah, that's scary, dude. Do you think that? car accidents in our lifetime we're just going to see it not even slowly decrease but once self-driving cars take over just completely Zero. like drop to maybe like a couple a year see the thing with that is like you're not going to have individual crashes but then if the whole system <laughs> crashes like you're going to see like mm. the <laughs> yeah. biggest worldwide crash yeah, we, of all we time. talked about this once it's like like for a long time things will be safer like like there won't be a car accident for 10 years but every like Every 10, 20 years, there'll be like Apocalypse. a system-wide failure, <laughs> and like all like like hundreds of millions of people Driving will just die. Dude, that's like the ultimate terrorist thing. Oop, I was just gonna say like terrorists could like hack the system and just cause everybody to go on the like they could cause like a certain percentage to go on the wrong side of the road. Accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. Like everyone's cars are just speeding up and getting faster and faster. Like oh shit, like what, what's going on? Like ISIS is already using just people, like rogue people in their cars, mm. like just crashing into people. That like. Never mind an Equifax hack. Like, Fuck oh. that. Fuck Equifax. Right? Dude, literally, like, all of our information could have been compromised. Oh, um, yeah. Like, hundreds, hundred a million or so yeah, it people? Was, it was half the people. I think it was 130. Million? Million. They, they leaked, like, social security numbers, bank account numbers, and pins, credit card numbers, like, every... Dude, they, like, everything. Dude, and I guess afterwards, the, uh, the company released like this uh this program to like quote 
help out the people that that their data might have been compromised and it's basically like a security thing to uh to keep an eye on their their information make sure that they're not being uh like their identities aren't being taken but they like you have to basically like sign this agreement when you use their software yeah but when you sign the agreement it you you um give up their right. yeah you give up the right to sue them for any of the for any compromises to your information and it it's also only a one year free trial of that software and then you have to start paying for it yearly for something that you're probably going to need for the rest of your Scumbags. life if your information just to protect their ass nothing happened to that CEO by the way he took his 161 million and left yeah oh that's the thing dude before before they even told they the public like they didn't tell the public for months after it for six months after it happened and before they told the public they like sold all their stocks so that way like they, they made all their money back and once the stock prices dropped like they were good and their stocks inside trading or whatever it's called Damn. right yeah it's how illegal it, and they got away with that it shit go on, like happen Dude, Dude, it's corporate scumbags like it's crazy we let that happen because we have the like all it takes is a little bit of the population to you know revolt and do something and they'll be clearly outnumbered, but it's just nobody wants to sacrifice yeah. their security of, you know, having a home, running water. Because then it's like if you you got little kids, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. screw with being fired because then, you know, you can't get diapers, food. It's You're locked in. They're the it's, untouchables, mm-hmm. dude. Those, those high up corporate bigwigs. Nothing that any of the common people do can harm them. The globalists. The globalists. <laughs> globalist scum. <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones. Infowars.com. Dude, I remember I showed the my religion class. I don't even know how I convinced Cuthbert, like my religion teacher Cuthbert, to show the whole class the um, Alex Jones and Piers Morgan debate. Oh. And it wasn't even a debate. It was just Alex Jones going off. Yelling. And like the teacher was just like watching it. And then he was like, that was terrible. <laughs> Alex Jones. Do you, like, think, yeah. do you think Alex Jones puts on an act? Or do you think he really believes in these conspiracies that like gay frogs whatever it is <laughs> water's contaminating the frogs to make them gay i think he truly believes this shit i truly do i saw so, a john oliver video of him exposing alex jones what and it was good i've never I, seen that i wouldn't even call it exposing like he literally just like played shit that alex jones had already put out yeah he yeah, just yeah. showed people like do you guys realize how crazy this guy is yeah and trump endorses him yeah Trump loves Alex Jones. He, he went on his show. Mm-hmm. They're one of the, like the few like they're kicking out the New York Times. They're kicking out all these different like news stations. Meanwhile, like like Infowars is just invited into the White House all the time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. I'll buzz a little bit. Ooh. Spread the sickness. Who's ready to Spread get the sick? Bubonic plague. <laughs> I always get everybody sick. Ow, that hurt. It's it's Jared. <clears throat> Yeah, I, it's a good I went to pack of my pinky and just burnt it. Tobacco. Is that tobacco? Yeah. That's tobacco. Tobacco. We always put Y's at the end of things. <laughs> tobacco. <like>, Tindy. Scrandy. <laughs> Gundy. Mini weed. Min, dude, tobacco is dubbed mini weed. Mini weed. Just a little lightheaded for you. Although, if you consume it in too large of quantities, it's like psychedelic. Like you can, you, the <laughs> yeah. room will be spinning, which, which is crazy to me that that um i mean it's not crazy to me that it's illegal to drive under the influence of marijuana but what's crazy to me is that that's illegal while you can smoke a cigarette and drive because yeah like a cigarette's fine but if you if you packed a pipe full of tobacco and you were ripping that while you were driving the the road would be spinning around you like you can't drive like that 
Dude, I'm glad you mentioned this because, mm-hmm. like, I use a little of the um, loose tobacco you had to roll a cigarette and, like, smoked it over the course of, like, three days because I can't smoke that whole thing. But two days ago, I was driving home from school, and I took way too big of a hit and then coughed. Dude, I, I almost pulled over because, like, spinning. everything was spinning. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is not safe right now. Thank God I was on a back road. Mm. A guy told me at Walgreens that he was trying to quit cigarettes and he was using the patches. And he put on, like, three patches, which you're not supposed to do. And then he was smoking a cigarette. Oh like, God. so he's trying to quit and not quit at the same time. And he said he passed out at the wheel on the highway and almost died. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. He's like, I'll have two more patches, please. Like, just <laughs> buy two more boxes. Dude, I heard that. Um, I can't remember who I heard this from. It might have been like a family friend that, that some dude was trying to quit smoking and he was wearing the patches when he went to bed. And he, he got like sweaty in the middle of the night and the patch peeled off. And it, it like it fell off into the bed and it attached to his wife, who's not a smoker. What? And wow. she got sick. She got like like hor- like she was puking in the toilet and she was like spinning and dizzy because she got all of that he was on a high dose of nicotine and she just got all that patch like like wow. up in her system. Have you have you ever heard that audio of the of the cop who like confiscated the weed brownies from the kids and then like he, he ate them with his wife and like what? they they call nine one one because they think they're dying. He's like, yeah, I ate some edible marijuana. He's like, I, I need a, I need an ambulance. Like, we're not. A cop said this? A cop, mm. yeah, the cop called the so police he just on himself. takes brownies from kids, eats them. Eats them. That's wild. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you can't have this. But I Dude, can't. I can't. It's funny to watch people who have no history with marijuana, like, completely fuck themselves the first time they try it. And just smoke way too much. It or goes either way. way the edibles. Some a lot of people are like, I don't feel anything. Yeah, sometimes it, you just don't get any effects, and then sometimes people are like, Oh my god, I'm tripping. The <laughs> first time I smoked is the highest I've ever been. Ever, I swear to you, I was seeing cartoons like little animals were like running out <laughs> into the street and like saying hello to me with like big like <clears throat> bright eyes. It was, dude, it was not good. Now you always see cartoons. <laughs> now it's just like cartoon world. <laughs> it, no, but it was it was actually a psychedelic experience. I bet. Like I, the, that was the first time I really like felt my heart like beating, and I was just seeing like. Like, like five <laughs> frames per second. <laughs> you like, like I'm looking, it's like one. Were you just sweating profusely? Well, there was this kid. There was these like kids chasing us around the neighborhood in their car, and I thought they were cops. And like we were just running through people's yards, and they were like, they'd like rip up and like screech and like. They're like, where are you going? And I was like running for my life. And like I remember, my friend Joey, we we went up to like this this yard and he like he's like we gotta jump this fence <laughs> and it was a long picket fence and he just leaned on it and like the second he put any weight on it it just like went over where it was and it just like accordioned like down and the whole fence just collapsed <laughs> and i was just like oh my god <laughs> it was and then there was some abandoned house he's like we gotta break in i was like <laughs> yeah, no. no i was like no we can't we can't <laughs> <laughs> way too high for that <laughs> Oh, there's nothing like the uh, adolescent adventures of of the first time you consume weed. Yeah, but it was like 100 degrees, and then we went back to Ricky's basement, and 
like it was so hot there was no ac and i just i was freaking out and i instantly i literally took off all of my clothes got into your gundies <laughs> i was yeah. well i had my underwear on and i was just laying on his yogi bow and i, <laughs> I was just looking at the ceiling and it was just like i was watching a movie on the ceiling like <laughs> yeah, i don't mind and then i fell asleep at some point and i just remember so like like I don't even know how long after there was just like an, a thing of ice cream placed into my hand. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I stared at the ground and ate like I think the whole thing and then just like fell back asleep like still holding the empty carton and spoon. Dude, the first time I smoked weed, it had the potential to become one of the worst nights ever because uh, I, I was with this girl and we were just like sitting parked in a uh, parking lot, and as as we had just finished the blunt and I was the highest. I think I I don't think I had ever gotten that high after that. And I'm just sitting there taking in all of reality. The parking lot's completely empty aside from my car. And all of a sudden a Freetown cop just pulls into the parking lot, pulls right up next to my car and just looks at us. And we're dude, there like it had to have still been smoky in the car. He had to have known, but he didn't say anything. He didn't he didn't get out of his car. He didn't even look at us after he made that first glance. And then we're just sitting, neck, like, parked next to this cruiser as he's just, like, on his laptop playing around. We sat next to him for, like, 10 minutes. And when we thought he, we thought for sure he's going to get out. And after 10 minutes, we're just like, so should we go? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. And I put it in drive and ever so slowly start creeping out of the spot. <laughs> and just the slowest I've ever driven, like, all right. <laughs> Pulling out of the parking lot, looking back every five seconds to see if he's falling. And then we're just out of there. Do you remember um, that one time we parked over the Grove Lake when like every it was like Christmas break I believe I don't know what year it was I remember that but we weren't even smoking we were all just sitting there talking and it was dark out and all of a sudden a cop pulls up beside us and put the brightest light I've ever seen mm. into the car and just flooded the place with light he's like what are you boys doing and we were like we're just parked just catching up like I haven't seen each other in a long time. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He said, like, the, he he, said the lake was closed. closed. Like the lake is closed. <laughs> like, roping it off. It's literally just like a little pull-off. Like, yeah. It's like, first of all, the lake is never closed. And it's like, it's the Grove, dude. Like, There's no get out in the Grove. Yeah. The Grove, you could ride snowmobiles, dirt bikes. The Grove is like the sticks, dude. It's a little hideaway from reality. Such a little community. <laughs> a very, like, no-rules roads that are, like, very narrow. I remember I just got my license, and I, like this dude was right behind me the whole way. And I, I got back to my house, and he, he like, like pulled to the side and like rolled down his window. He was like, "Yo," I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you new to driving?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You don't need to use blinkers in here." <laughs> new to driving. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "You don't really gotta stop at the stops either." He's like, "You can just drive in the Grove." <laughs> Such a Boston response. He's like, "Yo, you new to driving?" You're like, no, fuck off. You're like, don't fuck with that turn signal. That's confusing me. <laughs> when I, uh, I was using it a lot. Before we picked up you uh, to go to Maine, like, this recent time, uh, like, I had Brian in the car, and he was like, guys, oh, like, the Grove. And I was like, I forget what he said, but he's, but the, the main his main point, he's like, I think the Grove is just, like, a bunch of people that still think it's, like, the 80s. It is. Because <laughs> the Grove is just home to me. But it's funny that other people have this odd... Like conception yeah. of it just being a, a lot of people are like, place. Yeah. oh, the Grove. Oh. If you don't know your way around the Grove, you'll get lost. Good luck getting out. There's two exits. It's a fucking maze. It's like a maze all the way through. <laughs> it's not like an open source neighborhood. Like it's like a maze. It's literally like like set up like a maze on like on paper. Where like there's only two ways out, and the, none of the streets connect. All the, they all look the same. 
It does, dude. Like you think there'd be signs on that main strip that runs through from the yeah. Grove store to the King Road. Like it, so like it runs through like a snake, just right through. You think there'd be signs, just follow this to get out, but nope. Fuck them. We used to play a game where I'd like take Brian and Sean in the truck and they'd each like close their eyes and I would just drive them to a random place in the Grove and throw it in park. And I'd be like, all right, get us out of here. <laughs> and like... It was a learning experience because they'd be like, where am I? And it's funny because I know, like, the back of my hand. So, like, I'm just watching him. And he's, like, pulling down, like, back road, all like, dead ends, rather, and, like, just not being able to find his way out. <laughs> That's pretty funny. We, we had our neighborhood like that in, in Lakeville, but I didn't live there. I was just the dummy that got lost in there all the time. <laughs> Dude, there's actually a Hollimore in Lakeville. I've been still, I've been wanting to go. A what? Hollimore. You know those, like, big orange, like, trucks? Oh yeah. Why yeah. would you want to go to hell more? Dude, they have Clydesdales and like the like giant beautiful horses and you can just walk in and like it's insane to see an animal that big. Like Hollimore has horses. Clydesdales, yeah. That's that's like what they it used to be like the Hollimore oh. horses and like they used to pull like a thing. Like oh, okay. like how Budweiser has their exactly. Clydesdales like mm. just for show. Exactly. It's like a whole it's just their their brand. It's just for show. Weird. Right? We gotta get an animal for the podcast, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen uh, better days. We ate him. Speaking of that, just for show, that reminded me of um, my my grandmother was super. My great grandmother was super Portuguese, and all I don't know if you know, but all Portuguese grandmothers have a, a white parlor in their house, and it's like the living room that no one's allowed in. Because is it they, all plastic? Hers wasn't, but they keep it pristine. Like, w when we were kids, we weren't even allowed in there. Only adults were allowed in there because kids would mess it up too much. And God forbid, if she ever caught you in there with food. The belt came off. I never, I wouldn't know because I never went in there with food because I was too scared. I mean, my, um, some of my old family, they used to, they used to just have um, their whole first floor would be just for show and just to have guests over and they would live in the basement. Really? Yeah, they would have wow. like a whole nother living area set up in the basement, like a finished basement, and no one would go upstairs. It would just be for family gatherings, and it was kept pristine. How crazy is that? Yeah, like it's crazy that anyone even covers their furniture in plastic. It's like, what do you... Like, <laughs> I want to keep it fresh. Dude, yeah. it's like the, it's just the whole philosophy of like saving something for later instead yeah. of using it now. Like Frank Sinatra is saying, like... Like had it was something along the lines of like, if you, like don't let your belongings own you. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Like if you care more about them, they end up owning you instead of you owning it. Like yeah. it, like it's just just like drugs. It's just material. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my uncle Mike told me a story. Like a guy in his neighborhood, he got like a brand new car and he like got a turbo installed in it. And like my uncle Mike would always be like, "When are you gonna use that turbo? When are you gonna use that?" He's like, "No, no, I'm saving it. I'm saving it." And then like a gar like one night a garbage truck like the brakes let loose and it like just careened down the hill and just smashed his car to pieces. And my uncle Mike's like, yeah, you probably wish you used that turbo. You had it, huh? <laughs> that turbo, man. <laughs> oh man. Because like, what are you saving it? It's like when Skimpius Maximus and ECC like is just saving the food. I was like, yeah. what are you? Are you rationing this for the war? Like, <laughs> like you can have two potatoes. It used to be bad. Really bad. I remember he would, if I wanted scrambled eggs and he was serving, 
he would take the spoon and he would b- make a big scoop of scrambled eggs and then he would just Dumps shake it off. and like, <laughs> like level it off. No, 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 no. <laughs> like he would like make tweezers. that thing level and then he would just like dump it in. And I'd look at him and be like, can I have a little more? And he'd grab like one curd of scrambled eggs and just throw it on and be like, dude, I'm hungry. Like, can I have some eggs? Dude, it was weird today. Now they just let you go. It's mm. free. You just load it up. Yeah, and Goober isn't around to make sure you're not dude, over portion. I heard him in the back. Yeah? I, I, I heard the voice. I was like, <laughs> I know Goober. I remember one time the uh, the really nice um, ECC worker that that's not all there. He was uh, he was scooping my food and he gave me like a very small portion and I was like, dude, you might have have a little more. I'm like pretty hungry, and he starts scooping more and then uh, the that Goober comes over the manager and he's like. He starts yelling at him. He's like, hey, like, I told you, like, one scoop for people. Like, you can't be given. And, and I was still standing there. I was like, hey. And I got his attention. I was like, dude, yell at me. I'm the one that asked for the extra food. He's just doing what I told him. Like, if you have a problem with me having all this food, talk to me. <laughs> then like, we can take this outside right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, because the, the ECC worker is, like, <laughs> super nice. He's just, like, he's just trying to help me out. And he gets, like, ruthlessly, ruthlessly shit on for that. And I just hated to see, like, as it's my fault, like, because I'm just asking for a little extra food. Dude, I remember we used to take, like, cups, like, a ton of cups. And one time it was just me and Bobby. And, like, I had, like, two arms of, like, giant stacks of cups. ECC's free game, dude. And Bobby had, like, one stack like this. And we were walking towards the door. And then I heard him, like, I heard Goober behind us, like, hey. Hey, where are you going? <laughs> you with the cops. And I go, Bobby, Bobby, keep moving, keep moving. Like, don't, okay, okay. don't look back, don't look back. And I just like, like made it to the outside. And then like, as I got out, I like went to hold the door for Bobby and he wasn't there. And I just turned around and Bobby was just like looking at Goober, like, as he just like, like was like tisk tisking him. Like, can't do this, can't do this. I would steal metal forks, spoons, knives, oh, like everything, anything. Saran wrap plates, like, saran like ceramic plates of yeah, ceramic pizza plates. and chicken, <laughs> anything. Anything. I remember I used to when I lived in Miles because it was right next door to ECC. I would fill my tray up with breakfast, and I wouldn't even wrap any of it in the to-go containers. I would just walk out of the walk out of ECC with the tray, the silverware, and everything, and bring it right to my dorm and just sit down at my desk and eat there. I've done that multiple times. Like you just walk in, like put your tray down, scan in. Like, the person, they're just like, uh... yeah. People are looking at you like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm hungry," and I also don't want to be in ECC. Oh, it's a bittersweet thing to be gone because my mom hooks meals up. If you follow me on Snapchat, you know that. Oh yeah. If I if I check Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, you're an elusive creature. <laughs> I just never check my phone. I feel bad because like people will come up to me and be like, "Yo, I texted you yesterday," and I'll be like, oh, "Sorry, I don't check my phone." Dude, are you, are you that guy with like a hundred like text messages? Like, well, I that's went too many. I had yesterday, and it, it's at thirty four. Ooh. On his text, I was like, whoa. Like 33 are from mom. I've never even received 34 <laughs> texts. Nobody got time for that. Yeah, because once it gets to the point where you have 34 texts, like you're not going to go back and start mm-hmm. looking. You just keep up with yeah, the new ones. You're just like, oh, God, keep, just let them get buried in the past. I need to keep all those notification things off. I can't. I can't have that. My mom has like 1,600 emails. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Like, that's going to take a while to hit all those unreads. It's just like Bed Bath & Beyond, like, newsletters. Uh, like, yeah. They don't know. They don't know to, like, unsubscribe. My mom asked yeah. me yesterday if I could help her sign up for Instagram. I'm like, 
hit sign up and then I'll like, <laughs> do what it tells you to do. It's like connect to Facebook. <laughs> like, yeah, done. Just, you don't have to think. Dude, I actually received an email like two weeks ago and it was from Chase Bank. It's like, your account has been com- compromised. And I was like, what? And I like opened it and went to the link and it was like, sign in here with your information. And I like, I'm technologically savvy. I was like, dude, it was convincing. Mm. And I was like, whoa, command T, open a new tab, chasebank.com, not the same. It was like a complete fake website. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because it was like chasebankingonline.com or something like that instead of Chase Online. But like that would have fooled my mom or my do my grandparents. I was about mm. to say, think of how many like old ladies or old men just get completely duped on the internet. Like, oh, my Nigerian nephew <laughs> left me millions. All I have to do is wire like $1,000 for the transfer and I'll be good. Yeah, I'll get it. And that thousand dollars is all they have. Written in like very poor English. Like, <laughs> well, Hello. that's how they do it. They want it. They don't want to try to convince the smart people. They don't want to. Well, not the smart people. They don't want to try to convince people who are skeptical. Like they just want it. The they want to completely. Like they want most people to disregard it, and they just want a few people to be like, "Oh, this is my combo." Weed out the people. What's that H three thing where it's like he's like. If you don't believe things, like, turn away now. Yeah. Oh, Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. like, if you're a skeptic, if you don't believe what you see online, turn away. This video is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're smart and you're skeptical of, of people trying you're to like, scam you, click I don't, away yeah, get out of here. Click away. Ty I'm Lopez. looking for the fools. Ty Lopez is on the next podcast for H3. What? He's going to bring his lawyers. Yeah, oh right. God. And his Lamborghini <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills. Dude, he proved that you can pay your way to the top of YouTube. Not yeah. the top, but, like... Enough by self-promoting your self-promotion books. Dude, so many ads. Ads for ads. Yeah. Dude, I, I forget that ads exist on YouTube videos. Same. I am just ad blocker king. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. Like anyone that sits through like a 30-second ad for YouTube, because we, we got to see YouTube before the ad, so we're like, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Screw off with those ads. Oh. It's like they convince ridiculous. you it's like good a good trade. It's like... Oh, you get free videos, but you just have to watch our ads. It's like, why can't the videos just be free? Yeah. Like someone made that video for free. I would love to to see some data on people adding up all the time wasted watching ads. If you consider even like YouTube, what if you consider like just looking at like a, a billboard on the side of the highway? Yeah. Like probably months of your life. Or like New York Times is just all ads literally people are like whoa cool. wait oh the square yeah new york uh, yeah times times square i've never been there you gotta go dude chris and i were driving through new york when we were going to canada and we went like through albany and then buffalo i was like dude are we anywhere near new york city he was like he was like <laughs> not at all no, dude new york's like, a big state i was like i really want to see it he's like dude this is not this gonna is happen not the trip for new york city out of the way way I've out of the way never seen like as many people like it was during the summer i went to times square and like you're just looking down this like huge street and there's just a sea of heads like you don't know like like these people are just random people like going to work doing this this and that and like it's just huge that's boston times see, like 10 that's when you see humanity as the like swarm that it really is mm. Mm. but there's all these people like on the side like trying to like sell you their mixtape or cd or something like <laughs> anything to get your money like tour guides like they're they will like hunt you down and be like yo i I got duped into buying this guy's cd he's like here you go man and then like i was like 10 years old and he's like holding me he's like dude it's like come on just five dollars five dollars i was like you said it was free he's like no five dollars and i was like 
I'll give you a dollar. He's like, take it and just like whatever. Anything yeah. you can get. Scummy. It is scummy. It's all about that money. The almighty dollar. Mm. In God we trust. In yeah. currency we trust. In Bitcoin we trust. Ooh, Bitcoin. <laughs> I remember I was I was mining Doge coins mm. and then I could I'd like let it go my let my computer run for like three nights. And like I think I mined like just mining. Three days rather. Mm. And like I think I mind like, like a dollar, one one millionth of like of like a bitcoin, like I'd mind like eighteen cents, and I was like, wow, not worth it. Dude, I was watching a uh, Border Town, and they had this really funny quote in there that I liked. It was uh, the main character, someone someone tried to pay him in uh, in Mexican pesos. And he's like, I don't want this like fake, like stupid Mexican money. I want real money with pyramids with eyeballs on them. Hola, <laughs> bad. <laughs> I love that show. Have you guys ever seen Border Town? Never. It's about this like show, like right on the border, this town, this town, right on the border of, of Mexico, and like, like the guy, like the the protagonist, I guess, Bud. He's like this white guy, and he's like super racist, and he like he's a border agent. Too. He's the border agent. And like his daughter dates like the Mexican next door, and like the Mexicans next door just are so doing so much better than them because like they ha he actually is like a hard worker, like it's so fun. And there's this one guy who's always sneaking across the border and just duping Bud. It is a really great show, man. They have they honestly raise a lot of good points, but the thing I like about it is you would think that it would be a really liberal leaning show because they make a lot of jokes about people who are like anti-immigration, but they also show the hilarious side of like the complete far left. Like the, who is it? Um, the, the Mexican dude that Bud's daughter is dating. He's just like this college kid, like super hyper liberal. Isn't it Carlos? I think so. He was like, uh, yeah, he's like they a total were snowflake. Yeah, total snowflake. And he was like, he was like, what, are, are we going to have a reverse gender wedding? Like like a gender neutral wedding or something? Oh, yeah. Wasn't she like, didn't she like, like put him back and kiss him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, uh, he was, his dad was like, oh, you need to get a job. And he's like, how can I get a job when people are trying to pass this anti-immigration law? And he was like, you're right. You should wait until all the world's problems are solved until you do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's actually like something that I really love about Jordan Peterson. It's like how he talks about like don't try to fix the world's problems. Like start like right at home with yourself. Like, yeah. How are you gonna fix anything outside yourself if you can't even clean up your room? Dude, that's a huge thing you see in people that that later on in their life they convert to this like this like super Christian ideology where all they do is like go out on on these like mission trips to like help out these these like starving uh, third world countries and shit where like they're they're doing that because they have their own deep problems but instead of focusing on their own problems they try to like externalize them. yeah they try to externalize them and just try to help other people which is a great thing to do but i feel like they think that they're going to fix themselves by doing that it like sucks you in that way mm. it's really it's really crazy dude yeah like you like you think you're so good that you can just like fit like you just yeah Little, oh, I see exactly how, like, what's wrong here. Mm. Let me just fix that. Exactly, dude. Because, like, you can have the best intentions in the world, but that doesn't mean that what you do is going to come out how you, like, intended it to. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said with Jordan Peterson, it was, 
I love his quote that was like, how are you going to fix the world's problems if you can't even clean your room? And it's become like a meme. Mm. Like clean up can't your room. Can't even clean your room. Can't yeah. clean your room. Speaking what about that, the whole kids thing? You were talking about earlier, like having kids. Like, I can't even have kids. Like, dude, I'm a take kid. Care of my, yeah, I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a kid. Still. I'm the kid. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Rick and Morty, when Jerry's getting like clipped with the balloons to fly off into the air, he's like, Don't worry, Dad, you'll be reborn as a good and better baby. And he's like, No, I am a baby. I'm a baby now. <laughs> dude, I actually have been waiting this whole podcast for a story that we never heard earlier. Well, that was a good voice crack. Mm. <laughs> Little 13-year-old it's, get, it's getting worse and worse as we go. But earlier, Vinny was telling us a couple good stories, and I stopped him. I said, you should save this puppy. You want me to tell now? Yeah, you're, you want to <clears> Can we <throat> hear it? I was in between. Uh, Pass that to me. Thank you. When I was living out in Los Angeles, I was uh, installing solar panels you know, on roofs with uh, Solar City. And in between jobs, you know, you'd go to someone's house and you'd start or finish a job. And then, you like, the lunch break was kind of just pick something up, eat it, and then go to the next job. So we were in, like, East L.A., and I decided to stop at a McDonald's. And anyone who doesn't know East L.A., it's not the greatest neighborhood in the world. So I knew it was kind of risky, but, you know, I could have died at any moment on the roof. So your kind of safety there doesn't really come across your mind. I go to the McDonald's, I place my order, and when I'm going over into the bathroom as I opened the door there was uh it was mind you this is like a multi-person men's bathroom you know where like there's a few urinals few stalls like it's not meant for one person I opened the door and there's this old homeless maybe like Asian lady and she's standing in front of the sink all she has on is a t-shirt nothing else no pants no shoes and her head is like shaved except for probably about 15 to 16 little like twirled ponytails like the Hare Krishnas with like and each one is a different colored like rubber band wrapped around it and she's standing in front of the sink with like a big yellow like single blade razor shaving like her pubes in the sink what and then she turns around and yells at me like get out I was like holy shit and I just shut the door and the group of kids who was sitting by the door you know obviously knew that was going to happen they started laughing and I was like, you know what? I should have expected that. You know, this is East LA. And then I just, just a typical just day. Right no, I <laughs> right in this next sink over. Yeah, but it was just like, like you got to do. It that was just there. like it was just like next level. Like what in the fuck is going on? Like shaving or your whole day in the sink. Off. And I was like, you know what? I just grabbed my food and just ate in the car. And what about my day? I don't think that's one of those situations where you can say I should have expected that. <laughs> but. <laughs> But it was, I mean, you see a lot of crazy stuff in LA because it's just a whirlwind of, like, of almost like a, like a world that's not real. Like, it never rains. It's so materialistic. Everyone has these, everyone's kind of under spotlights. It's la-la land. And there's just, I don't know, it's just an odd atmosphere that you could see why it spins people off the deep end of insanity. Mm. Dude, that must have been, like, such a crazy formative experience for you. It, like, you went and just lived on your own and, like, like... I wanted to say Canada, but it's California. <laughs> but like, totally just did your own thing. Like, I can't even imagine that. It was, it was cool. It was like you know, it was, you put yourself to the test, and it was not as hard as people make it out to seem. But it's like I was thinking about it earlier that I realized like, I, I did it with like I realized I had no social media at the time. I had no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram. I don't even think I really Facetimed anybody. So it was, 
Like I wish I took more. There. Wish I took more pictures, but it was. It's mm. all right here. <laughs> I yeah, saw real, pretty much in my head. So how long did you actually stay there for? <clears throat> I think like almost seven months, but it felt <laughs> like it felt like three years. I'm I sure. I felt like I was gone for a while. Can you kind of like walk me through your whole expedition across the U.S.? Because I don't really know it very well. I just know that you went on this awesome trip. It started off where I just one more like I planned for it to happen, but it was like for a long time I knew that in the fall of October 2015 I want to set out and go to California, and then I applied to a, a Solar City job because I needed to have a job kind of lined up before I went out there because it's just so expensive. So I got an email from Solar City saying like you're pretty much hired and I actually flew out there for the interview because like I just had nothing going on I wanted to go to California so I just wanted to get out I was having cabin fever wasn't going to college I needed uh, I wanted to keep the ball moving so I just I drove out there across uh, I think it was like I-70 turns into I-80 at a certain point interstate went through like Pennsylvania and then it truly hit me how far I was when I I was getting on the Indiana Turnpike, and the lady handed me the ticket. I was like, holy shit, like, I'm in a car, like, not fl flying, going into Indiana. And that was where, you know, I started, you know, just 100 miles an hour the whole way, blaring Led Zeppelin CDs, the Doors, the Rolling Stones. And I remember you, I went across the Midwest, and it was pretty boring, pretty dull, like, cotton fields. No, no cotton fields. <laughs> fields. Miles. Fucking <laughs> cornfields corn and wheat fields, as far as the eye could see, like, very like courage the cowardly dog very Ooh. stereotypical like silos and those pinwheels on the metal thing mm. just for i don't know show maybe that they might have a use but then i landed in california kind of went from motel to motel trying to find a place to live and it's surprisingly hard to get rent when you're on your own because they expect you to make three times the rent like wow. you have to prove to them what you're making it's they want rent to be a third of what you make? A third because they want you to be able to party, have a good time like they expect, and they expect you to always pay rent. And you're paying a third of your, off the top of what you make for taxes. Yeah, so it was pretty rough, but <laughs> eventually I found a, this nice older white couple, very like, not trashy, but just like, you know what I mean, the type are just, no thank you, like just wearing Hawaiian shirts and very, you know, no frills, like very... Like, you know, I mean, like kind of almost like they both talk like sailors swear a lot, but they said, you know, you have a very good credit record and somebody's got to give a young person a chance at some point. So they accepted me in and I just worked almost like I worked like probably 60 plus hours a week and I still would I, I, like I was barely scraping by having to dip into my savings in order to make ends meet. But Every day was a new neighborhood of L.A., like a 60-mile radius from, like, Torrance over to Santa Monica, East L.A., Beverly Hills, a few times up in Thousand Oaks, Calabasas, where those Kardashians live, just so you kind of have an idea of what it was. Like, a lot of people, they go to L.A., and they see that the different side of how nice, how beautiful it is. They go to, they see they, the Hollywood sign, they go to the beach, and everyone thinks this is a great place to live in, but when you're in, like, the daily grind, it's... It's a whole new, whole different ballgame. Do you see yourself making a journey like that again sometime soon? Or is that something that's far off? It's far off, but it will happen again. Like, hopefully I would like to, like, either do that again or I would like to move out to L.A. if I could manage to write. Really? Like, write, like, if I write that book and manage to get it published <laughs> in the future at some point, I would like to eventually have, like, a home here, 
home out in LA. Cause LA is a if you have money, that, that that's the place to be. It's really cool. Mm. A lot of things to What's do. What's the name of your book again? I think Boogie Nights is a, is a movie, right? No, Boogie Nights is a movie. It's Hollywood Nights is what Hollywood I was thinking Nights. of. But there's another few things like maybe uncomfortably numb on the border. Mm. Like just uncomfortably. I love the little uh, puns you get in here. Fear and yeah. loathing in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'd like to keep it a name of a song that kind of does stay in tune with the story of the characters and the meaning of it just because music is kind of what fueled my idea to write the book in the first place. Mm. I mean, music fuels a lot of people's inspirations to create anything, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. You're just dealing with, like, emotion. Yeah. Like, music is, like, it's subverting the whole language thing, and it's just, like, straight just hitting the heart. It truly does. It's mm. crazy. Dude, I actually was hoping that you'd tell one last story. I don't know if I missed it when you left, but I was hoping that you'd tell a story of when the lawyer... Was at the job oh, site. The, That's one of my favorites. Yeah, we were uh, on a job site with a flat roof, which you have to install these these donuts, which kind of you have to glue down. They're meant to stay there for at least 20 years. So mind you, these are not easy to pry off the roof. And this lady, we ins so we installed a huge thing in a roof, and about a month later she says, I want it off, and you can't damage my house. And this was some house in, in Beverly Hills and. I remember every morning I would I had a bad muffler, so like you could tell I was driving like a shitbox, and I would be like Blair Led Zeppelin or Leonard Skinner at six o'clock in the morning, letting them all know that you know here I am. Yeah, <laughs> and we uh, we were taking off the um, the system off the roof, and she hired a lawyer to make sure because she wanted to find any little reason to sue our company, so we had to be very careful, and. Anyone who's not on the crew hasn't signed, you know, who's not employed by the company hasn't signed a, a safety thing, wow. is not allowed to go past the, uh, the caution tape. And this dude was being ballsy, going right under the caution tape and just walking right up onto the roof. Like, and we kept telling him, hey, man, you can't do this. Like, you're out of line, stop it. Like, if you get hurt, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? So he's trying to find it. He, this dude knows the law in and out, but he's being a scumbag. So anytime he would go up on the roof, we, we would all just walk off the roof so he couldn't catch us doing anything because he's also breaking the law. Mm. So around lunchtime, I was the, someone ordered pizza. I think Domino was on their phone, and I was the one who had to go pick it up on the uh, Sunset Strip. And that was like very classical LA. I go to pick it up at the Domino's, and some homeless guy with just a shirt and jeans on is passed out on a dirty couch with no cushions, right. just mouth, like arms backwards, mouth right into the fucking couch, drooling like a raccoon and I pick up the dominoes and we go back and I and since I worked a lot you know obviously I didn't have much money so I didn't make a really solid hot meal very often so this this warm pizza was like the highlight of my Heaven. week <laughs> so uh, we're eating it now I'm thinking about I was like damn this is a, like this pizza is the highlight of the day so far and as we're eating you know we, we get dirt in our face dirt all over we're sweating like hogs like I would sweat so much I could actually pinch salt off like off my pants at the end of the day. Jesus. It was that much, like it was insane. And as we're eating it, the dude's just sitting there looking at us. He's probably like Louis Vuitton, like the type of dude that you see like a, like a an outfit in a magazine and you're like, that shirt's 700 bucks? Like who buys that? That guy, this is the guy that buys that, wearing like a goofy fedora, very expensive camera. And he's sitting there looking at us and he says, sucks to be poor, don't it? And Ooh. it was like, like you knew the people in those oh, neighborhoods God. felt that way, but to actually hear them say it to us, I mean, I was too hot. Yeah, he like, made it explicit, dude. So I was like, damn, I just kept looking down, eating my pizza. I'm like, I'm not, like, t like from minute one, it was game on. This dude was playing a mind game. And some one of the kids was like, 
what? Like, what'd you just say? And he said, sucks to be poor. And then this other kid, a Marine, Keith, he might be in L.A., hired by the LAPD now. But remember him saying, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, we're not poor. And the guy's like, no, you're poor. Because, like, compared to him, we were peasants. Like, in that city, mm-hmm. there is such a lopsided of... Rich and poor. Rich and poor. Like, it is, like, the pop, the homeless population, 17,000. Like, in the population of Braintree, is 30,000. Like, that's a lot of people. Wow. So he that was so the Marine got up in his face, Keith, he's kinda yelling at him like we're not poor or whatever and we eventually kinda like got real rowdy after like the boss was like, All right, so like, clean up the pizza, get your poor asses on the roof. Like we're just like making a joke of it. And eventually the dude got so scared he just went in his escalade and stayed there the rest of the day. Wow. And it was like to actually hear them say it was like all right, like Ouch. That's well, all. all I have to say to that is I'd rather be poor than an asshole any day of the week. I'd yeah. rather be poor and an asshole <laughs> about it than I am poor. I won't yeah. be a rich asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. <clears throat> to have that viewpoint of life that like, yep, I fucking made it and everyone else deserves to be where they are. It's so weird. I feel like that comes from never having had to struggle. Like yeah, no. if you were never in those shoes, you'll never feel like, like, dude, when I used to, small example, bad example, but a good one. When I... When I was, like, little and I used to go into, like, convenience stores, I didn't give a fuck. When I grabbed something and decided I didn't want it, you just, like, toss it on the, the shelf of whatever aisle you're in. And, you like, you really don't care that you're messing up the store because you're like, oh, I'm not working here. But after you have a job like that where you're responsible for the orderliness of that area and you just have to keep going over and over all day putting shit back where it should be, dude, after a couple months of working a job like that, I became a totally different person when it came to working with when it came to being like a civilian when someone else was the the cert like the public servant you know like going to the store when other people are working there now you I'm so nice to them because mm-hmm. I can relate you know you've been in their shoes but if you've never been in their shoes if you've been like spoon-fed success your whole life there's you just feel like you're more on top than you really are because you don't realize how quick you could become that person dude imagine the poor poor people who have to keep track of the orderliness of like a card section at a Walmart. Like Christmas cards and birthday cards. Like people like have no, no. care. They're just like, dude, dude. No, like, like, not that. funny. <laughs> Next. Yeah, like they like who really searches around? No. no. You know what pisses me off more than anything though is when people are rude to their waiters and ra- waitresses. Oh, like yeah, that. absolutely. Like mm. working in like food, oh my god, like just like the utmost respect for those yeah. people like yeah they're food. serving you food you better be <clears throat> fucking goddamn right. nice dude have you ever seen waiting yeah i was just gonna that's say after seeing oh, waiting yeah. here what's <laughs> waiting that's how it I think was I saw that. it was a movie about like a uh, like a line cook not a line cook it was a movie about like just kind of like if you could picture the office but the the setting is a restaurant like a 99 type restaurant you know and it's just from the viewpoint of all the employees. It's a hilarious movie. It's actually one of my favorites. Oh. But, um, it, dude, it's just like that in real life. Like, when I worked at Independence Harbor, this this uh, wedding banquet place, dude, the, the chefs really would fuck over uh, people that are that are getting food there if they wanted to. Easily. Like, they, they don't care, dude. They're, they're chefs working at, like, some small, you know, like, just, like, banquet place. They really don't have that like that utmost care and they also don't have the corporate uh people like coming down on them making sure that the cleanliness standards are perfect 
if you piss them off enough, then they're going to slack on your food. And who knows, dude? They might even spit in your food. Who knows? Wow. Like, you have to be careful. Dude, I will never send something back. No. Like, I'm, like you could mention it be like, yeah, it was, like, totally the wrong thing, but... I'm but usually I'm put her down. Hungry. Still gonna eat that <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'm so usually I'm too hungry anyways. To yeah, it's like this is hot food for me, dude. Like, <laughs> thank you. That's why, like, when people forget eggs and stuff, like they'll be like, like no one, no one. I'll be like, I'll just take that one. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what's in there, but exactly. Like, I don't care. They're like, really? That's crazy. I I don't get people who can be ruthless to their servers. I saw a video today, or not today, yesterday. It was a um. It was this dude in a uh, in a restaurant, and his his server was like like really grumpy and kind of shitty, but he still wasn't an asshole to the server. He actually talked to him at the end. He was like he was like, dude, be honest. He like sat him down. He was like, dude, be honest with me. Like, how's your day going? And he was like, honestly, kind of bad. And he goes, dude, I noticed that that you seem to be a nice kid, but you probably are just having a shitty day. So this is your tip. And he gives him just a hundred dollar bill. Wow. He was like, that's only the tip. Like, give, bring me bring me the check. Like. I'll pay the I'll pay the check out of that. That's your tip. And the the kid he was probably 19. He just started crying, and he was like, "Why are you crying?" He's like, "You just paid off my car, sir." Wow. Like you you this is what it, what's been on my mind all day, and you just you just took that problem away. And he's he's crying. He's thanking him, dude. And the guy's like, realizing how much of an impact he just had on this kid. He was like, honestly, dude, I was wrong. That's not your tip. And he gives him another hundred. He's like, Whoa. that's your tip. Wow, he just keeps crying. Like he's he <laughs> like all he night. He's just like actually one, one more. <laughs> he ends up getting like three rounds. Like, I just got more tears left, dude. <laughs> and dude, it, it was just such a heartwarming video. It really was. It was like when we were talking about it the other day on the way to Barrett's. Like when when someone is asking for money and and you just give them that dollar, like that dollar, the happiness you get from helping that person out, you couldn't have bought that feeling with that dollar anywhere else. You know. Yeah, I wish we could get into whether, like, it's moral to do an act. If, like, you're doing it to get something out of it, but hmm. we really don't have time. No. Dude, we've literally, we've lost two cameras so far. <laughs> I've rearranged both of them to get us all in the shots. Yours is right about to die. Yep. <laughs> we get, we got to get more used to doing them, like, day after day. Yeah, we do. We'll get we a do. system down. It's been great so far, though. This, this is a fun awesome one, dude. Yeah. I lost myself in this one. Mm. I know. I can't believe like, I was going to check my watch, but it's probably white. Because the first 20 minutes went by pretty slow. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it's 3.30. Oh, shit. Like, yeah, I, said, I work. Andrew's got work at 4, so. Yeah, that would be great <laughs> if we checked, three, the, three, we checked time. It was like yeah. 4.15. Yeah. You're just like the bad podcast. It, I don't care. I'll be late. <laughs> <laughs> we were bad casting, baby. <laughs> you guys have anything you wanted to plug? Like a... URL shout out to I am to the make. plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew Marquisio, Snapchat, A Marquisio. Hey. Follow, follow, follow me on Twitter, baby. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Instagram, Vincent AB12. Catch me on there. That's... We'll link you guys. Don't you worry. Hell guys, yeah. thank you for tuning in. Truly, you guys watch this shit from start to finish. It amazes me. I love it. Mm. I love it so much. So you're truly the heroes out there. Thank you. That's episode three in the books. Bad podcast. Hell yeah. Bring it in. This is the first of many. Hell yeah. Look forward to doing it next week. Play us out, Drew. Play us out, buddy.